Hello everyone and we just want to um, welcome each one of you again as you join with Kate and myself and we trust that you will be encouraged as you meet around God's word and you hear God's word. We just want to let you know that we do thank the Lord for each one of you that come on with us each week and we thank the Lord for our family, our friends, for all our children and grandchildren and for those who are serving the Lord throughout this world. We just appreciate one, each one and we pray that each week that you will be encouraged and that you'll grow a little bit more um, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Nice to be with you again. Um, we're celebrating uh, Mother's Day tomorrow here in Australia, so I thought I'd do a recording just to make it somewhat um, relatable to uh, the women folk. But if you're a guy, I want you to continue listening, please. Um, it's important for all of us, so hopefully it'll be a help. And the title this week is A Tale of Three Ladies. Let me read, uh, you'll not be familiar with all of these ladies, but you will be familiar with some. And they're not all biblical, um, but they are relational. One certainly is a biblical figure. Let's read Matthew 15, verses 21 to 28. Here's what we read right there. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. This is Jesus um, healing the demon-possessed daughter of the Canaanite woman. So then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the, the, the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. In verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So we only know her as a Canaanite woman. We, we know literally nothing of her background, of her appearance, of her circumstances, um, except that she has a daughter who sadly and tragically is demon-possessed, according to verse 22 of her text. <clears throat> this woman seems to do what any mother would do in a predicament. She calls out for help and she calls to Jesus for this help. Now, we should note here that this woman, she, she wasn't Jewish. Obviously, she was Canaanite, which means that her first language wasn't that spoken by Jesus. Also, her religion wasn't that belonging to the Jewish people. Instead, she was a Canaanite, um, which were a, a Gentile people from the land of Canaan. And the Canaanites were generally made up of a mixture of several races. People had settled there and they intermingled and mixed and so on. And therefore, it becomes quite significant that whenever this woman said to Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, she was in fact recognizing Jesus to be the only one capable of setting her free from this bondage of demon possession. That's a major recognition for this woman. Now, in this dialogue between Jesus, uh, the woman, and the Lord's disciples, Jesus is, is busily, I think, building this Canaanite lady to, uh, helping this Canaanite, Canaanite lady come to a place of having great faith in Jesus Christ himself. And in this, she probably didn't expect the type of response that her appeal to Jesus received because Jesus didn't say anything at all. He, he just stood there, it seems, in, in silence. 
looking into the, the very soul of this woman. So he's looking deep into her being, but he's, he hasn't spoken. He's just standing there in silence. And during this, what I think would be a very awkward silence, the disciples speak up, suggesting that this woman is becoming annoying and that Jesus should, should send her away. And it's then that Jesus speaks. He says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. And here Jesus is declaring himself to be the very fulfillment of the prophecies concerning the coming of the king of David's line. Jesus was encouraging this Canaanite woman in her desperation to recognize this fact and to believe this fact. So in verse 25, we read a response. She worshiped him and cried out in front of everyone who had gathered there, Lord, help me. That's how desperate she was for Jesus to help her daughter. She didn't care who heard her. She didn't care who was standing there. She loved her daughter and wanted her daughter set free. And she somehow believed Jesus could do this. Now, notice the response given by Jesus to the woman then in verse 26 of our text. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, he says. And in this statement, Jesus was literally saying, you're not a Jew, so you cannot sit at our table, but you have enough faith somehow to recognize and to believe that there's enough food for others, that is the little dogs, the others, that falls from the table. And the word he uses for, for little dogs is by no means negative as it could have been interpreted, but rather it's like referring to like a pet dog and not the wild dogs that roam the streets and eat from the garbage tip. It, it's some, it's, it's, a, it's a, like a pet dog you want to treat well. So Jesus clarifies his meaning then in verse 28 by saying to this woman, great is your faith. And, and her daughter was immediately healed. Now, now there's two points I want us to recognize and to grasp from this story. The first is this. This woman recognized that she needed help. So she calls out to Jesus on behalf of her daughter. She needed that help and she calls out, Jesus, I need this help. I want you as a mother to recognize I, I need help in being a mother to my child. They may be seven years old, they may be 40 years old, but as mom, and you'll always be mom, you need, you need help to be their mother in every era of their life. So call to Jesus for, for the help that you need to today. Call it today. Lord, I need your help today to keep and maintain this relationship. Second point is this. This woman was, was confident that, that Jesus could heal her demon-possessed daughter. Are you as a mother confident that Jesus can minister suitably in the life of your son, of your daughter? Do you believe that Jesus can do this, that he's willing to do this and he wants to do this? You see, this Canaanite woman called on Jesus to help her, and she was confident that only Jesus could set her daughter free from this demon possession. That's lady number one. Let's move to lady number two. She's probably best known as Anna. That was her Tamil name, meaning mother. She wasn't their mother in the physical sense, but to these Indian girls, she was their mother in every way possible. Amy Carmichael was born in Ireland in 1867 in the little village of Malaya. I remember preaching in the Baptist church there over a century later, and there was still a buzz in the air that this was Amy Carmichael's home. Her father was a, a mill worker, and the family were quite poor in a sense, but were very, very faithful believers and, and very active in their faith in following Jesus. She got saved at the age of 12 while at boarding school, and immediately a noticeable change took place in Amy's life. 
Soon Amy would be ministering to other young women known as Shawleys because they worked in the textile mills in Belfast. And as she was doing this, Amy heard the, the great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor, tell of the great need for missionaries to come to China. He claimed that at least 4,000 souls a day were dying without knowing Jesus Christ as Savior. Touched and challenged by that message, Amy's desire to share the gospel around the world was stirred and motivated within her. And she decided there and then to, to commit her life to serve God as a, as a missionary, as a missional worker somewhere. She didn't know where. And part of her decision in this was that she would never marry or have a family. Instead, she would dedicate her whole life to foreign missionary service. In 1895, Amy stepped onto the shores of India, the nation that would be, become her home. Here she would gather some national ladies and call them the Starry Cluster. These new believers would soon be sharing and teaching the gospel anywhere they could find people to listen in this great nation of India. A few years into this ministry, Amy met a young woman known as Prina, who had been sold by her mother to the Hindu temple to work as a prostitute. As Amy looked at Prina's hands, she noticed the, the temple authorities had branded from hot, branded onto her hands from hot irons, um, her, her belonging there so she could never run away and escape. Amy decided to take her in and, and help her. And soon Amy felt that God was asking her to take care of girls just like Prina. And from this, she developed a, an orphanage to help the, these young girls of Donovar. She was Anna to these girls, their mother. She loved and she cared for them, even at great cost her own life. One author writes this, By obeying God's call to the seemingly menial labor of motherhood, Amy Carmichael established an orphanage that is still active over 100 years later. Her example has inspired many to, to missionary service and to motherhood. I want to bring two simple observations from the, the life of Amy Carmichael. Number one, God's call on Amy's life took her to India, where she would live, serve, and never return to her home to see her family again. She never took a furlough. She had this call in her life and was there to serve God. Number two, her confidence was in God to enable her to, to help these young needy girls. She couldn't do it on her own, but with God she could do it. She believed that. So here are some statements by Amy that, that just might resonate and help us in our quest to follow God. She writes, from all that dims like Calvary, O Lamb of God, deliver me. It's a safe thing, she continues. It's a safe thing to trust him, to fulfill the desires that he creates in you, what he wants to do, let him do it. And perhaps her encounter began many years earlier while sitting in a, inside a Belfast tea shop. She noticed a little girl outside, barefoot and shivering, standing outside in the cold rain. And so Amy whispered, when I grow up and have money, I know what I will do. I'll build a great big lovely place for little girls like you. She did. God's call was on her life and she was confident that God could use her in this way. Lady number three. We don't know her name, but I suspect you do. You've watched her at home with children, with grandchildren. You've watched her hold tight to her mother's hands. You've listened to her cry, and you felt every teardrop as it waved this path slowly down her face. You've walked with her as she moved from adolescence into adulthood. You've sung her song with her. Her shoes are your shoes, and you know her well because this unnamed lady is, is you. You love God. You follow Jesus. 
you listen to his spirit. He has challenged you to, to live for him, to tell those around you about him. He wants you to show his love to many others. He tells you that the mountains of life can be conquered as you walk with him. He tells you that he will carry you safely across the deep rivers of life. Life has been both good and bad to you. The hurts, the hardships, the heartaches along the way have been many. But one day, one day your life changed. It was the day you met Jesus. He became your savior, your, your, your Lord. And he celebrates every, your every victory. He wipes away your every tear. He will never leave you like, like others have. And in the quietness of your alone time with him, he whispers to you, I have plans for you. You ask, what are these plans, Jesus? Do you want me to be like Amy Carmichael? Do you want me to, to go to a foreign land and serve there and do things for you like that? And he answers, there are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Lord, like a Canaanite woman, I feel like I'm only getting crumbs from your table. How can this prosper me? To which he responds, my plans will give you a future and a hope. And your soul begins to rejoice. Rejoice as afresh you realize God is always in control of everything. He always has been and he always will be. And he's got great plans for you. Let me read to you from Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14. Here's what the great prophet writes there. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. He's got great plans for you, great plans. And just like Israel, you rise to call upon the Lord with renewed confidence that he has chosen you, this, this mother, this woman, to be a vital part of his plan for his world today. You're very, very important. Mothers, grandmothers, daughters, you're all important to him. And he's got great plans for you, just like he had for the Canaanite woman, just like he had for Amy Carmichael. He's got great plans for you. And those plans will bless you, prosper you. And those, those plans will bring amazing glory to him. I pray that you walk in his plan. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for all these women. We thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their love. Thank you for their daughters, granddaughters. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the moms, the grandmothers, just every, all these women together. Lord, we ask that you will bless them, encourage them, and that you will enable them to realize this day they are so important to you and you have mighty plans for them. Use them, we pray, and bring honor to your holy name. Amen. Ladies, stay blessed, stay encouraged. If it's a Mother's Day for you, have a great day. If it's not, enjoy the day and be blessed and serve him. Thanks for listening.